This is Savannah and Allison with Grace-Filled Chatter, where we talk about honoring God with our life, love, work, and relationships. Join us every other week for a little bit of wisdom and a lot of laughter. Hello! Hi! I feel like I say hello every time we start this podcast the same way, and I never do that in real life. No, so it's no. just like, hi. Yeah, you never say hello to How me. How are ever. you? Never. <laughs> well, what has the brightest part of your week been? I did not have a bad week like I did last week. That is a very bright thing. <laughs> that is a very Thank bright thing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's great. What's the brightest part of your week? Improvement is a good Oh, wait. Thing. I do have one. Sure. Okay. So I finally am <laughs> reading Francine Rivers' um, Sons of Encouragement which is about the different men in the Bible. And I have read, oh, yeah. I finally finished um, Aaron's, and I had been on that for probably three months, you know. And I had done Caleb's, which is the second story, and it's so good. And now about Jonathan, I'm like, what is this? This is so good. She's such a good writer. She's so good. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this what it's really like, Jesus? We've it's been good. watching. Oh, that goes right with my bright part of the week. Huh, Jesus. We, we started watching The Chosen. Oh my word, it's And so I know good. we're way behind. Like, oh. I realized this. People have been telling me for years to watch the show. But we started, we're only like five episodes in, and mine's already blown. Like, right? it is so good. Right? It's so good so to good. see it uh-huh. in real life. Like, oh, you yeah. can imagine it in real life, but that, that like, puts real people to the store, to it the Bibles, you know? And we've so even good. been joking a little bit, like, can you imagine mm-hmm. if you had been Jesus' siblings and this had happened, you know? Like, we even yeah. had those conversations, and I feel like I've never thought those things about Jesus right. before. Right, And it's like putting a... It's so real. Putting a know. reality to it. Yes. yes. Making yes. it real, not just a thing you had to make up in your mind. It's so true. Or not make up, but put in your mind. Yeah. With images. And I, I've listened to several interviews now with the makers of the show, mm. And that's kind of what he said. He's like, the biggest critique we get is that we're making up stuff that's not in the Bible. He's like, and I get that. We're just trying to bring the reality to it. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that those conversations in between the conversations recorded in the Bible for sure happen. We're just saying this is real. It was real life. It right. was real life, and we're trying to make that. And exactly. I think he's doing such a good job. He really is. Parts of it are fiction, but it's so real. Right. It but may- the fictional parts they make sounds like it could legitimately yeah. have been a conversation because Jesus yeah. is fun. I mean, he's, he made even jokes in the Bible, you know, not like, yes. you know, it's just, yeah, it's just so good. And I love the first episode with the kids that right? come to find him in the woods and I he plays it. with them and laughs with them I and teaches it. them. Yes. The whole time I'm like, yes, this is, this seems like Jesus. Right. Exactly. Because Jesus okay. wouldn't just walk up and just say things to kids. He's have to play with them first, you know? Yeah, you have to build a relationship. Right, exactly. And when he built her that little dollhouse at the end. Oh, oh man. Oh, I love it. Because you forget so that good. he's a carpenter's son and he actually does his things. He and then does. he put, they put it into play and I'm like, <gasps> Of course he would do that if he was sitting mm. around. Like, he'd make some kid stuff out of wood if he's a carpenter. Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. it just makes sense. It's just so good. It's and so good. He's got to anyway. take it with, like, um, an, an open eye. Like, the fact that it's right. not completely true. and right. um, Or, like, the parts of the Bible are true in it, but they have to add content. Or otherwise, you'd have, like, one episode to do the whole entire New Testament. You know? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you're trying to get four four of the Gospels into a... um. TV show. TV show. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's probably the bright part of my week. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty addicted already. It's I a great show. We were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. What are we doing today? Okay. Clearly, we're in so better today, today. <laughs> we are obviously brighter <laughs> outlook on life right. than two weeks we're ago. We're good. Okay, I just want to pause. Um, I'm looking at Allison's cup right now, and she has um, books <laughs> all the way around this cup. Like, literally, the bookends of books on this cup, and it goes all the way around. 
Pride and Prejudice. They're all the classics. The Jane Austen, The Secret Garden. My boyfriend got me this for Christmas. Aww, it's a beautiful cup. He knows me well. Pleasure Island. <laughs> the Bluest Eyes. Yeah. I've not read that one yet. And we I've were both never like, heard of that. what does this came from? Great it's a, um, I'm pretty sure we ended up finding out it was a poem by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Because there's a movie on... The what was us? I want to say Amazon Prime. I think it's not on Netflix. But anyway, mm. called Something About the Bluest Eyes. And we watched it. And it's like a movie based on what? Edgar Allan nice. Poe is in it. So it's not based ah. on one of his books. It's based on a storyline including him. So it's like this whole community murder story. Oh. Edgar Allan Poe is a character in the movie. Oh. And then because of the murder and the way it plays out, he writes The Bluest Eyes. So it's oh. cool. It's not the poem, but it's like a movie. About how it comes across yeah. right in the Bluest Eyes. But it's all kind of like gloomy and gray like Edgar Allan mm. Poe is, you know? Mm, gloomy and gray. Yeah. It's, oh. It was a good movie. Okay, we watched Rock Beach. Sorry. Very distracted. What are we doing again? <laughs> Back to today's Back to today's. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted us to talk about this year was fulfillment and like finding fulfillment or being fulfilled. And I had written that down as one of my ideas for the, this New Year episode's idea this year. And then on Monday, God kind of blew my mind in our quiet time with a different topic. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized it goes really well hand in hand with fulfillment. So we're going to start off with some questions on fulfillment. And then we're going to go into kind of what God was showing me. And I'll ask you more questions about that, too, as we go in. Again, as usual, I make a lot of notes. Savannah knows half of them, and then I make more notes, and yeah. I never share them with her. Yeah. So, so you know. I'm just winging it, so just y'all know I just wing it, okay? <laughs> she kind of knows what we're talking about today, but there's some more excitement, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> so, first question for you, um, that the idea of being fulfilled or finding fulfillment in life, what myths have you heard about this? What myths? You can find anything in the world to fulfill your soul. Mm-hmm. Like you can go to um, other people, friendships, relationships, family, children, a house, anything that the world tells you, even yourself, like self-fulfillment, self-success, all that stuff the world tells you is going to fulfill you. But I've done a lot of those things, minus the children part. And you know, nothing fulfills you more than God does. No, because mm-hmm. stuff just, it like multiplies your mm-hmm. need for more stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't make you feel better. Mm-mm. We all Mm-mm. think that at times. We mm-hmm. buy something and then later we're like, no, see, I still want more. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is great. Okay. One week later. All right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I will never forget in college, freshman year. So this is the first time out of homeschool into the world by myself living on a college campus. Mm-hmm. I go to my freshman seminar class. And it may not have been the first day of that class, but it was in that freshman seminar class we had twice a week. Um, one of the days, our teacher went around the room and made us all answer, like, what do you want to do in the next five years, I think. I think it was like sharing our five-year plan. We had to write it down. And anyway, so we're sharing it in class, and we start going around the room. And at this point, I'd only made, like, a handful of friends in college, but one of them was in that class. So she was sitting next to me. And the teacher got to me, and I was like, well, five years, we out of college. Like, I would love to be marrying a missionary and moving overseas, having kids. Like, that's kind of what I would love to be doing, just dreaming in five years. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> and I say, yeah. Like, yeah, pretty sure. That's what my dream is. Like, whose business is this of yours that that's my <laughs> dream? <laughs> and so anyway, she was like, okay, well, and she literally had given no feedback to anybody else in the class, but this is what she said to me. She said, I just would encourage you to think about a career because 
being a mom is great. I'm a mom. I love it. But I'm just afraid you won't really feel fulfilled if you're not Hmm. pursuing a career. I was like, interesting. The girl next to me, that was my friend, it was her turn next. She's literally like this really tall basketball player, okay? (laughs) She goes... She just, her face falls. Like, she was so upset with this teacher and the way she responded to my dream versus everybody else's. <laughs> and she went, so she went to her next. The teacher's like, what do you want to do in five years? And her basketball dream's out the window. Like, she literally just looked at her in the eyes and she goes, I'd like to be a stay-at-home mom in five years. <laughs> the whole room just went silent. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And, like, rolled her eyes, moving on. Like, which is the next person? And I looked at that friend and was like, you're literally the best person ever. <laughs> like, but anyway. But I will never forget that just because it was so serious. And, like, she was for real. Mm. Like, she does not think you would find fulfillment being a mom. Now, where we're going in this conversation, I also don't think solely being a mom is where you will find fulfillment either. Sure. But I just thought it was so interesting that she used that term and everything of like, I just don't think you'll really find fulfillment. Hmm. So that's the myth that I'm yes. that I'm sharing to answer that question. Like good, um, <laughs> I've literally been told to my face that hmm. doing mission work and getting married and having kids will not fulfill you. Hmm. Well, last time I so checked, anyway, a lot of people do that. They do. A lot of people do that. I'm a lot sure of people they, have careers too, right. though. It's true. I'm sure most people don't find fulfillment just in what they do, but it is right. what it is. Next question. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And she ended up being a great teacher later on, but I will never forget that day in class and the way she made me feel. Apparently. (laughs) Only she knew where to (laughs) Only she would know I did a Mary Missionary move overseas in five years. (laughs) Oh. Here's my theory I'm going to go into, but this is also like going to lead up to what God kind of revealed to me earlier this week. Um, I think it's because it's hard for us as Christians to live like I am saved. I have an identity in Christ, and I am completely mm-hmm. fulfilled in that. Because of that, in what ways have you felt the need to add on to your salvation? Now, this is totally, like, subconscious. You probably mm. won't even realize you're doing it. Mm. But just as I go through these, see if any of them jump out to you. I will say yes. Like, do you say in your head, I need Jesus' sacrifice and, and hard work, or Jesus' sacrifice <laughs> and some good deeds on top of it so everybody else knows I'm really a Christian? I need Jesus and kindness. I need Jesus and beauty. I need Jesus and a strong friend group. I need Jesus and to lead more people to Christ. Like, it can even be good things. But, like, what do you feel sometimes in your heart that you add on to Mm. instead of just being like, I need Jesus, period? Mm -hmm. I need Jesus and to be a good wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need Jesus and to be a kind friend. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus with a nice heart. I need Jesus in a mouth mouth to be shut <laughs> and not say things inappropriately and Amen. rude. <laughs> uh, yes. So it's constantly. Okay. All the time. I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, you're not. Mm-mm. Nope. I think it's almost like a growing up in church, too, mm-hmm. and having <clears throat> always believed in God and, like, slowly developed my personal relationship with God. That's kind of how my testimony looks like. But I feel like in that, I've been preached to for so many years about what I need to be doing and what my life needs to look like that deep in my heart, I rely on being and his sacrifice, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. being all these things, being kind, being a good daughter, being a good Mm -hmm. wife, being respectful, being, you know, a hard worker, being a career person. Like there's just so many things. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think um, growing up in church, like both of us, Mm -hmm. we see all these things and we're told all these things that we need to do either verbally or self-consciously or subconsciously that we need to do all these things 
to be seen good by God so we can be seen as a good, faithful Christian for yeah. other people to see. Yes. But in reality, we don't need all that stuff. We're gonna, God's going to fill us with who he is. And in that, all the other stuff will come and will be a bonus. You know? But it's so mm. hard to get out of our subconscious minds that have told us that we have to have all these things in line in order to be a good Christian and a faithful follower of Christ. Yes. And I think that's what gets me. I think because I've heard about the fruit that's supposed to be coming out of a Christian so much my whole life, I focus on developing the fruit Mm -hmm. instead of abiding in the vine. And seeing the fruit come. Exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of what God brought me to on Monday. Mm -hmm. But it came from a comment this weekend where somebody was telling me how much they loved me and I was looking at them in the eye kind of like, I mean, I hear you, but... It's not me, y'all. No, it wasn't. (laughs) And then later that night, I was sitting in bed, and I was like, why was I having such a hard time, like, fully believing that they loved me? Like, why did I have a weird attitude about that? And then Monday morning, I got up and started doing my devos, and I feel like God just hit me with the same thing. And so I feel like he kind of told me was... You can tell anyone about my love. You can tell anybody about the sacrifice I made, about redemption, what it looks like. You grew up in church. You know all the terms. You know all the the words. But you don't let it in your heart. Mm. And you build up walls around your heart because people's love is imperfect. And so you want them to love you a little bit, like filter it almost, but not let their imperfections hurt you. Yeah. And so it was like while he was showing us, like I felt like he was just kind of pulling at the walls on my heart and a little bit of his infinite massive perfect love was starting to seep in and it was like a mixture of painful and freeing at the same time you know yeah it's almost like it really hurts when you pull those walls out this is really (laughs) but i felt like he was yeah yeah i gotta i gotta say something you finish yours okay i feel like he was just like i need you to to get more of my love so that you understand it and you feel less of a need to strive Mm. is really like what he brought me to Mm. now go so literally, like two or three days ago, well, probably the whole week, I've literally been praying like, God, there's a wall around me against me and you, and I don't know what it is. Please get rid of this wall because I can't feel you. I know you're there, and I know I'm talking to you. That's really crazy. It is crazy. That's <laughs> literally that picture he gave me Monday, like, was the wall around my heart. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that is why when that person told <laughs> me crazy. they loved me and they just wanted me to fully believe it, mm-hmm. that is why I was having trouble was because I do put up a wall for my own protection. Mm-hmm. But then God was just like, okay, but I don't need a wall. Because yes. my, my love is not in the same category as human mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. So you having a wall so that people can't hurt you is one thing. Right. But you having a wall so I can't hurt you is ridiculous. Right. You're just limiting yourself. Right. That and I was like, crazy. well, dang. Well, dang. Okay, God. But at the same time, <laughs> this is why it's cool that he kept, like, bringing me things, like little nuggets all week. Mm. Because that isn't something I could just do in a day right Mm -hmm. you can't just take down the walls so God pulled Mm -hmm. him a little bit he let a little more of his love in I have definitely felt more freedom Mm -hmm. all week but we're not there yet like like you did it enough my foundation (laughs) that's what I feel like I see some little light shining through exactly (laughs) I feel you I mean I'm here with some walls a lot of walls that need some tearing down I see the freedom because I felt a little bit of it so I've got enough of a taste to be like that's accessible but I still see a whole lot of me striving in between. There's like a mess of me trying to do all the godly things and produce all the fruit yeah. in between where I am and what he's shown me. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's cool, but it's like there's a lot of work. There's to a be lot done. of work to do. <laughs> you see, you see the process, or you see the end game, but you don't. You that the process looks a little crappy, yes. a little muddy, a little muddy, a little muddy. That's a, a great word. Yeah, a little muddy. It's like we got to mope around our <laughs> cement wall. I feel like yes. mine's like a big castle. Like you know the the, the skinny parts of the castle that's got the like turrets, a little pokey, the yeah, round part, whatever that's called, the, the big mm-hmm. thing with a little cap on the top. I feel like I'm stuck in the middle of one of the little things. Yeah, that's where my wall feels like. Yeah, and God's like got a little mesh thing at the top. And he's like, okay, like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> like, open up, right. break the walls. I'm You're like, very safe in there. Help me. You're very far from me in there. Can you let me in? <laughs> That's how I feel. And I'm like, why is this wall here? Yes. I have been there. I mean, yes. I like, I get that. Yes. I cannot, cannot express to you how much I get that. Yes. Oh, well, that's so funny. with those in mind, and those two guys, <laughs> that is funny. Same dreams or same, same prayers. Same work right here in front of us. <laughs> When do you feel the least worthy of being wanted by God? When I mess up. Or when I feel like I'm not doing anything to bring Him glory. Amen. I feel, when am I striving? Mm. Again, even if it's Christian things. Mm. Me trying to produce my own fruit and I don't produce fruit, then I feel unworthy to approach Mm. Him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm, sometimes I know I do the Bible study at church, I feel like I feel like I'm not worthy enough to even be doing that so sometimes I'll be teaching and doing those things and I'm like I'm not even getting anything out of this because I'm not Mm. I'm so focused on doing it and trying to be that part servant of him that I don't like let go and let God like fill me with fill me with it you know and I'm like I'm not even worthy enough to be doing this like why am I doing this you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's like uh hello (laughs) Uh I feel like for me when I feel the, the least worthy of being wanted by God Again, I've done a lot of journaling on this this week, but what I really got to is that the enemy almost comes at me with really good things, mm. like, like I mean, like you're saying, to leading Bible studies, things like that. It just keeps coming like you can be better at this, or you could mm. be doing more of this, and they're all good things. But I get so focused on them, then I get frustrated when I don't do good enough in my own eyes. And God's like, you know, probably just sitting there, like you left me out, mm. or like you're not inviting in the the mm. vine to make good fruit, and like. You're trying to leave me out of it, and then you're frustrated with the results. And, like, loving me and being letting me want you and letting me love you is the only part that was important, and that's the one part you left out. Right, right. <laughs> and so that's that's when I feel the least worthy. Then I'm mm. like, well, I just screwed up everything right. from right. A to Z. From A to Z. I'm just going to start over. I'm going to be good enough to do this. Yes, yes I feel that. Yes. yes. I think the only thing that will really give us peace is understanding redemption and resting in it. And that's kind of what I've been thinking on this week. And what's gotten to me the most mm-hmm. is that I can tell people how to get saved all day long. But then the lifelong living in it. Mm-hmm. And maybe watching The Chosen has helped too. Of just like contemplating God's love for us. And contemplating the life of Jesus. And what it means. What all of the redemption story means. And mm-hmm. living in that. And resting in that is so much more than yeah. just salvation. And it's hard. You know? Yeah. It's hard because some days, I know it's completely the devil, but the devil's like minimizing what God actually done for me mm-hmm. you know, in my brain. And I'm like, okay, that's not good. Right. <laughs> you know? but, but that's something that people struggle with. Like oh, Christians yeah. struggle with that. And to know that you're not alone is good. It is good. Um, but I feel like I agree with you. It's so hard to live out the life of a Christian, a follower of Jesus, the sanctification and knowing that you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. without sitting there second guessing everything that you're doing and trying yourself to do good. Yes. Right? You know? Yes. 
It's just, it's so hard to just sit and be like, okay, I'm fulfilled because Jesus died for me on the cross. The end. The end, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I've come to realize this week. Like, I need to do more sitting still and soaking, Mm -hmm. imagining myself in God's presence, in his throne room. I don't know if I've shared that before on the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I have. In college, someone talked to us. <laughs> they, when they led prayer at like our college Bible study, they would always say, like, let's pray. And they would pause for a long time. And it was almost like an uncomfortable amount of silence. Mm-hmm. But he explained to us later why he does that. He was like, I need to give myself a minute to get out of the world and close my eyes and think about being in God's presence before I start talking to him. Oh. And he's like, so when I do that, for like from here on out, you guys do the same thing. Like, imagine the most grand throne room you could possibly imagine. Imagine what the Bible says about God on his throne. You know, there's mm-hmm. seraphim flying around his head with wings covering his eyes, two covering their feet, and two they fly, you know. Like, read those things. They are going around his head singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Like, I'm sure we're not imagining as grand Absolutely as it is, not. but at least, yeah. like, let yourself kind of get your breath taken away for a second mm-hmm. of God's presence. Then, Sunday... We had Bible study, this. and they I'm brought so up. I'm you're talking about this because this is sitting in my head as you're talking about this. I'm like, yes, talk about the incense. Go, yes. go. They mentioned in Revelation, it talks about there are bowls of incense around God's throne. And so it's mm-hmm. like going up in the air, and it's the bowls are filled with the prayers of the Lord's people. Mm-hmm. And I immediately I was like, well, that's going in my vision of God's throne <laughs> yes. when I pray. Yes, I've seen that like almost every time I prayed this week. Okay. So <laughs> anyway. But I feel like we need more of those moments to just sit still for a minute and be like, okay, I'm in the presence of God in this massive throne room, seraphim flying around his head, seeing his praise. There are now bowls of incense I didn't even know about, but now I do. Right. Of the prayers of his people burning around his altar. And he wants to talk to me. Yeah. You know, like this whole grand thing I just described. You close your eyes, you see gold, see purple, see all these colors that are just, you know, described in the Bible of colors of the Lord and of heaven. And he's bright enough to light the whole sky without the need of the sun and moon. Like we know a lot about his presence just from what's in the Bible. Close your eyes, imagine that, and then be like, this guy wants to talk to me. He wants to do life with me. Mm -hmm. He created me for that purpose. Like not just he just met me and then it's like, all right, you can stick around. Like, Mm -hmm. no, he created us for this. Mm -hmm. And then just take a moment, you know, and then be like, he gave up his son so that we could have this moment. Yeah. And a, an eternity of these moments after this one. Yeah. And then then do life, you know, then yeah. talk to him. Because I feel like we just don't, we don't do, do that, that We don't, we don't. And, oh, no, it was but, a Louis Giglio. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah. It was so good. And I just, now I do, I, I imagine myself, like, praying to God. And my little prayers in the, one of them bowls. And I just see it come up. And then just to see how delighted he is just for me to talk to him, mm-hmm. you know, it almost makes me want to cry. It you does. Know, because he's actually listening to us and he sees our prayers. He hears our prayers. Even when we don't think they're significant enough, even when it doesn't change anything about the circumstance, he still hears us. Mm-hmm. And he still wants us to he hears feel us. his love. And just the fact that we're talking to him brings some glory. Yeah. Oh, so good. pretty awesome. Yeah. But. Sorry. Distracted. <laughs> My eyes are watering. <laughs> as into that moment as we just got, it yes. goes to show. That does more for our hearts than just producing good fruit. Right. We're trying to produce good fruit on our own. Right. It's abiding in God that is so powerful. Right. And can bring us to our knees, bring tears to our eyes. Like, that's it. 
Right. And it's just thinking about that and thinking about who God is and how much he truly loves us and want to be wants to be in community with us. That makes me feel fulfilled just talking about it. Right. You know. Right. right. So straight into from that moat. Okay. Exact Got thing was perfect. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so then I'm doing this this um devotional by Lisa Harper. So then one day this week, not Monday, this is an additional day. I read this nugget. She starts telling the story of Cinderella. And she said she was having coffee with a friend, and the friend was talking about how she loves the story of Cinderella, and she thinks about how God pursues her like the prince pursues Cinderella. And Lisa was, says, goes on to say in the devotional, bothering her. She was like, I don't I think that's really how it looks, though, like the story of redemption. And she goes on to, to describe it. Like, Cin- Cinderella's super sweet. She's a very hard worker. And the prince sees that she is mistreated and rescues her out of that and gives her something she deserves, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the picture of salvation. Mm-mm. Salvation is instead if <laughs> Jesus went to the, the ball, yes, <laughs> picked one of the stepsisters with her nasty attitude who had been mistreating her stepsister Cinderella her entire life and mm. said, you, I want you. Mm. <laughs> so then yes. her discussion question is... If you could actually see Jesus gazing at you with undisguised affection, do you think you'd bask in his love or look away? Imagining mm. yourself as the ugly stepsister. I feel ashamed. Right? Yeah. It changes your view, doesn't it? Yeah. I thought that was a pretty powerful picture. Her next mm. question was, why is it a little offensive at first to consider yourself as the stepsister in this scenario? <laughs> because we think we're way better than what we actually are. <laughs> Pride. The little girl in me wants to be the Disney princess, yeah, Lisa cl- Harper. Clearly, I'm the Cinderella. Clearly. <laughs> yes. Don't judge. Okay. <laughs> and then she says, why is it also a little freeing? And I agree because I don't always feel like I'm a princess and I'm mm-hmm. acting like a princess. Absolutely. Because most of the time that we actually see how we're acting is never the good, quote unquote, good. We often, we mostly just see our bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't always feel deserving of being rescued. Mm-hmm. Whereas the stepsister picture, it's like... Wow, if God walks across the ballroom to you in your attitude with the mm-hmm. big mole on your chin and the mm-hmm. giant nose, yeah. and he wants me, right. it's a much more powerful picture right, than exactly. being the beautiful, kind, right. sweet girl who likes mice mm-hmm. in her bed, which I think is weird. That is weird, but they're clean mice, mm-hmm. so it's fine. I guess, and they sing to her, so That's I guess true. it's they're okay. Sweet mice. You know, it's crazy because you said, <laughs> he's like, I get to the point, I don't ever feel like I deserve his, deserve this redemption and the salvation. That's just it. We don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and we look at the stepsisters and we can say that we're not like them, but reality, we are 100% like them. 100%. Yeah. And it's the fact that he would go after us and all our stepsisterness and want us and die for us and give us every bit of his glory. That should show us how undeserved we actually are. It's 10 times more powerful than Mm -hmm. imagining yourself as the deserving princess, Mm -hmm. the deserving little sweet girl that works hard Mm -hmm. that Jesus rescues, but instead the prideful mean girl that he rescues like right. Right. that's pretty humbling because more often we're the um prideful mean girl yeah we are the sweet oh for girl. sure because my moments kinda... are sweetness or few and far between <laughs> i know i wish they were more more abundant than they are i know, I know. people may think otherwise, again back but... to that striving i'd rather have more kind fruit but Again, we can't strive for that. That's right. Gotta be fulfilled just in Jesus Himself. That's right. And His redemption. The temptation to strive for it is there. Yes. Okay, so after I read that, I wrote on a. So I put things on my mirror. Let me back up. Back it up. Rewind. (laughs) I put things on my mirror that I need to let soak in. So I write things. 
Back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. My daddy taught me good. Have you ever seen that? Oh, it's funny. Okay, sorry. Rewind. Focus. Mirror. Sticky notes. Okay. Yes. So I put sticky notes in my mirror with thoughts that I need to let soak in. Like some of them, you know, you just get it right away. And then other things you're like, whoo, that's hard. I need to work on that. So that's what I put on the mirror. So this week I wrote down, God wants you. He wants time with you. He chose you. He chose to create you. He doesn't need more work from you. He doesn't need more beauty from you. He doesn't need you to be better than you are right now. He wants you. Mm. And I put it on there because there's it's hard. Like There's a lot of those sentences that I have a hard time really letting through those walls and letting them soak into my heart mm. because I do feel the need to be cuter and more beautiful to attract more people to then love them like Jesus you know Mm -hmm. like again it's the enemy trying to tell me this is a good thing but I want that and I want to be better and I want to be nicer but I don't always just want to let God in and let him sit with me Mm -hmm. you want to try because right right so I would sometimes I feel more like the stepsister Mm -hmm. and I don't feel deserving of just time with him Mm -hmm. so I just want to skip to the fruit right it's like that's fine (laughs) I'm good enough sorry sorry God But the more I've sat and like journaled and kind of thought about this this week, I feel like, you know, you you tell people you can't choose parts of the Bible, right? You can't choose to believe certain parts Mm. and not believe other parts. Like it's all God's word and you either accept God or you don't. Mm. But I feel like that's kind of what I've done with redemption. It's like I've accepted certain parts and let them seep more deeply. But then there's other parts that I really don't live in. Like God's love for me is whole and perfect and never changes. Mm. Like it does not have any conditions on my behavior. Hmm. I can say that and I can tell you that, but do I really live it out? Do I believe it? Do I let it soak in my heart? Not fully, you mm-hmm. know, and not always. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of what I've been brought to this week that I need to work on more is letting him get to me yeah. <laughs> because it'll change me more than anything else will. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So where do you struggle most in the middle of having head knowledge of God and then letting him actually get to your heart with himself. The wall. The wall, yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I know what to say. I know I need to pray. I know what I need to pray. But mm-hmm. I have a lot of difficulty, like you said, coming to the throne room and letting myself be in his presence and talking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'll say the prayers. I do what I'm supposed to do. I know who God is. But I don't let the truth of who he is transcend everything about me. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm praying, I'm doing. This has been on my heart a lot this week. So I'm praying, I'm doing, but I've got this, it's almost like I've got a wall mm-hmm. between me and him. And he's like, I'm like, God, I don't, why do I have a wall? Why mm-hmm. is there a wall there? Like, like knock it down. Is it, am I trying to protect myself from something? Like you said, there's no need to protect myself from God. Right. Like, am I trying to not be vulnerable? Like, I'm being vulnerable. Like, I don't know what it is, you know? Yeah. It's like there's something in the way of me and God, and I can't figure out what it is. Yeah. And it's me, obviously. Right. But I'm like, what about me in the way? You know? Right. I'm like, God help me. Right. right. And oh, I feel like there's so much to that, too. Because, mm. again, I, I was kind of brought to the attention that there are walls this week that I have up in protection of myself. But they may not all be protecting, you know? Mm-hmm. So they may There may be so many different elements that we feel like we need to set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to that. Yeah. There's and a lot to unpack. I know there's a wall, but now why? <laughs> yeah. Why? How do I fix it? 
what is it? Is it me? What do I do? You know? Mm. Oh, yeah, I get that completely. It's so easy to just have the head knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, it almost feels safer to stick with head knowledge and what you know because you feel in control. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for me, the part between moving from head knowledge of God to knowing God is that he's more risky, you know? He's Mm -hmm. more out of my control. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what he's going to bring in next. Mm -hmm. If I just step away from the God I can talk about all day that I know all about into the God that's still infinitely more than I know, Mm -hmm. there's that risk factor. Mm -hmm. And I feel like almost subconsciously I choose to stick with what I know and what's habitual, like you were saying, praying the prayers, saying the things, doing the things that I know Christians are supposed to do rather than moving into that conversation that could be ever-changing that Mm. I have no idea what he could ask me to do next Mm -hmm. or what he could lead us to next Mm -hmm. or, you know. Right. I think a lot of mine is I'm also very impatient. So, like, when I get to the point that I'm like, okay, I've got to sit and rest in the silence. Okay, it's been 30 (laughs) seconds. I've not heard anything. I'm done. (laughs) And this is kind of awkward. It shouldn't be awkward. What's wrong with me? And I've got to go to work, you know. Yeah. I get that. That's real life. Yeah, impatience. For sure. Because the times that I actually sit and I wait and I listen, like even sometimes I'll drive to work and pray and I'll look, I've been doing this this week, looking up at the clouds and the, and the sky and it's just so beautiful. I felt a couple times God saying, I love you, mm. you know? And um, not that I know if that's God, but it has to be if I feel it and then have this like weird, <laughs> weird piece of, and like giddy feeling. But you know, mm-hmm. it's just like one of those things that I'm in the way. Mm, yeah. Me and my agenda. That's a tidbit. When I say God told me, I've never heard an audible voice. But I just hear things like that or sentences Mm -hmm. or thoughts Mm -hmm. pop into my head. I feel a huge peace, Mm -hmm. and I know I didn't come up with that. Right, absolutely. And that's when I say God told me. It's not like I've never heard an audible voice, but I hear God speak in that way, that things just come to my mind, and I'm like, there's no way in a million years I would have come up with that on my own. Absolutely. So, just right. a side note. Yeah, I've never heard God. I feel the peace, and I'm like, well, where'd that come from? I yeah. ain't And then, And yeah. I don't just tell myself I love myself when I'm looking at the sky, so that's probably God. It's probably God, right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, why would I say I love you to myself, you know? Right. Yeah. Stepsister over here, I don't right. just tell myself that. No, I do not, which is also a problem. I should probably tell myself I love myself a little bit more. But it's fine. Okay, next. <laughs> so, this one is last thought. Um, it was another Lisa Harper devotional this week two in a row mm-hmm. but I also feel like this one really goes with the chosen show if you've seen it awesome. with Jesus um or just the life of Jesus and the way he lived but I'm going to read this scripture from Mark 1 39 through 42 and then read a little tidbit Lisa said about it because I thought it was just spot on with this conversation he went into all of Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. In light of his hideous deformities and the stigmatization that comes with being ceremonially unclean, it would have made sense for Jesus to keep his distance, to just wave his hand and heal the guy without any physical contact. Instead, our tender-hearted Savior reached out and touches the man before healing his diseased body. Mm-hmm. The guy isn't healed yet, and Jesus intentionally makes physical contact. The very contagious disease leprosy was and was not curable back then. His gesture implies, I won't just love you on the other side of this physical ailment once you're clean and whole again. I love you right now in the middle mm-hmm. of it. 
right in the place where you feel unseen or unloved or dirty. You matter to me. He was not only interested in healing the man physically, but relationally too, bringing him from isolation to community, from shame to security. I thought that was so powerful. Mm. Again, like the stepsister of just God pursuing us when we're at our worst. Like leprosy made them have these big sores that would cause them to lose limbs. Mm. I mean, these were not pretty people. They were put out in communities by themselves, so they only lived with other lepers. Mm. They were not allowed in. No one touched them because they were afraid they were going to catch it. Um, And Jesus touched him before he healed him. Like that is a huge no-no in the Jewish culture of clean and unclean and not wanting to defile yourself. So one of her questions below was, how does it feel to know that Jesus intentionally reaches towards you even when you're still in the middle of your wounds? Hmm. And I feel like that's almost why I put my walls up, you know? Yeah. It's because I feel like I'm unclean and I'm going to... I'm going to mess up. Yeah, I'm going to mess up my relationship with God or I'm going to mess up some of God's glory. I'm not going to do it right. I'm not going to talk to him right. I'm going to do something yeah. wrong. Yeah. God. Like, I'm not fit to do this. Right. You're not. But God will make you better. <laughs> Come to him. He that's doesn't... the whole point is he wants you because you can't do it, which is weird and we don't understand, right. but that's how God works. Right. That's crazy. It's so cute. I know. That I thought it was good. beautiful. I like Lisa Harper. <laughs> Me too. And Jesus. I love Jesus. <laughs> I've been listening to her podcast too. The yeah. I don't know. Back Porch Theology is what it's called. Oh, it's isn't good. she like a comedian too? She's so funny. Well, I, I think, think she's Didn't she like adopt a little girl? She did from something. Haiti. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. You know exactly who Lisa Harper is. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know her. I've never listened to her podcast or read her books, but I do know who she is. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Um, so anyway, I feel like for me, I just need to absorb deep in my heart the actual redemption story, you know, and not just talk about Jesus at Christmas or at Easter and those stories, mm-hmm. but like almost like we're talking about the, about the chosen at the beginning of the episode, like realize that this is real life, this is a real person mm-hmm. who lived and is more than just nativity and cross stories you know i think ever since watching the chosen again it's it's got fictional stuff in it and you just gotta watch it with bible knowledge but um watching that has really helped my walk with jesus because Mm -hmm. i've taken words from a page and the images in my mind and trying to put it all together to see an actual real life person portrayed jesus portrayed by this actor and it's actually changed my walk with Jesus. Yeah. Because you're able to to put in your head, like, Jesus is real. Yeah. Like, Jesus was a real human being walking on this earth with the issues that we have and the struggles we have. Yet he was perfect and he came to serve and he came to die for you. And that's all you need. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's, um, yeah, I definitely think it's, it's a it's a great um, project that God's given these people to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's so much more. Everything is so much. So just much with our more. faith is just so much bigger than yeah. we make it. Right. And I think when we don't feel fulfilled, it's because we're making Christianity or our faith or our relationship with God smaller than it really is. Right. Smaller and more complicated. Yeah. It's, it's, it is Which is compl- probably the enemy's right. two attacks. Right. Exactly. Like, let me make this seem like it's not a big deal. Or let me make this seem like it's so complicated they're going to fail no matter what they do. Exactly. And, and that's probably loves, why we feel so defeated. Yeah, he loves to interfere with our mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so hard to just sit on the one fact, God saved you, you are redeemed, that's all you need. That's all you need. And what I love and have needed this week is him telling me it's never going to change. 
Mm. Like my love isn't just going to get up and walk away one day because you didn't do something right. Mm. This redemption plan is a period forever and always. Mm. Eternal, internal perfect love. You don't know it. You don't see it around you. You don't feel it around you. But my love is never going to change. Mm. Like this is it always. Mm. And that is kind of hard to swallow, but mm-hmm. that's why he just keeps like overwhelming me with this week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay, I hear you. And the walls are like slowly getting cracks in them, Got but cracks. <laughs> cracking. It might get in before the time I die. I don't know. Yeah, when you die, it will. But it's true. When I die, I will feel it. But probably never. <laughs> no, not completely. No, Mm-mm. no, not completely. Mm-mm. All right. Well, with those, with that in mind, let's pray it out. This conversation is a lot, a lot of big things, but I hope that it's inspired you guys to, A, like Savannah said earlier, you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. If you feel like striving is hard or Christianity is too hard or you're feeling defeated, Mm -hmm. you're not the only ones. We're feeling that too. Mm -hmm. But also that we need to work less. Yes. And like, just think about God more and work less in our relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. I think fulfillment will just come to us instead mm-hmm. of us feeling like we have to go find it mm-hmm. focus on god and god alone yeah and letting him fulfill you mm-hmm. agreed yeah. let's pray it out yeah. hey god we thank you that we get to come before you in your throne in all of your might and glory and light and beauty and the songs that are going on around you like we get to come to you in that And you want us there. You want to communicate with us. You want us in your throne room, in your presence. You created us for it. God, why do we forget that so often? Remind us continually that this is what you made us for. That this is the beautiful symphony that you want to weave into our lives. And help us to not be so resistant to that. Help us to tear down the walls that we put up to protect ourselves. And to protect ourselves from hurt that we experience here on earth. Help us to understand and to see that you don't fit in the same boxes as the love that we see here. Help us to understand that and to see it in small ways and big ways. And that every day when we get up and we see all the distractions around us, that you're bigger than those. You're bigger than our job and our marriages and our dating relationships or our singleness or our parenthood all of those things you're bigger than them but you're simpler than them you want something simpler from us abiding resting soaking all the things that take our patience and our stillness which is very difficult for us that's all you want it's the simple things and i just ask that you would help us to feel the need to strive less and to rest more we love you so much and we love that your pursuit of us is not contingent on what we do and that it's constant and that it's forever. You'll never quit loving and pursuing us. It's it's powerful, God, and we don't see that around us here. We forget, but we're so thankful that that's how you love us. And I ask that you just go with us this week, go with our listeners and help them to see more of you through this episode and this conversation. We love you so much. In your precious name, amen. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>